So Michelle is going to come. She's going to share some stories with us. And um, it's kind of neat because um, Michelle, I've known of Michelle lots in ministry life, but we've very, we haven't interacted a ton in our ministry life, and yet we are ministry friends. And I know that Gavin and Michelle and her family um, have been able to connect lots through Nanus. And so it's been really, really wonderful uh, to have you. And then your kids, Malachi, Jada, friend Michelle, thanks so much for coming today. Uh, So it's really, really great. So Michelle, come on up. We are so excited that you are here. Yeah, so excited. Bless you. Yeah. All right. Good morning. Good morning. It is so good to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, I just want to say, uh, Kim and Gavin, you guys are so lucky to have them. Um, they are amazing. And it's been so fun getting to know you guys. And like Kim said, like we just knew of, of each other and now we're kind of uh, connecting more. So um, thank you again. The worship was amazing. Um, I just love worshiping with a bunch of uh, young adults and uh, uh, like people who just get so excited for Jesus. Um, I think that's why I just love working with kids and youth, and um, because you could just give it all to God. Amen? All right. Uh, A little bit about myself. Uh, My name is Michelle, and like uh, Kim said, I come from the island, work at North Douglas Church in Victoria, and I've been a children's pastor there for the past five years, And, um, you know, from that, you may experience, you know, when you're in kids' ministry, sometimes you just kind of like, whoop, get pulled over here, get pulled over there. Um, God will give you what you can handle, or he will just help you through it. Um, And so through the years, um, uh, the church has grown some. And I'm I'm speaking about our kids' ministry, um, as well as our preteens. I have a heart for preteens. And so that kind of grew and took off. And then suddenly there was all these youth that were like, hey, what about us? Um, And so it's been an exciting journey because we went to this church, um, what do I say? It was quite olderly. And so (laughs) there was a lot of grandmas and grandpas. You can ask my son. That was the first words, like, smells like grandma and grandpa's house. Um, So it was a challenge for us, and I love challenges. And so the challenge was you know, grow this ministry. And I will tell you this, we were the fastest growing ministry the first Sunday we arrived. Yeah? That's because we have like 15 kids. So (laughs) it was really exciting. Um, My husband is Jason Allen, and he also um, has, he was volunteering for a few years, and now he is on staff. He is a part-time associate pastor. And so it is a lot of fun serving uh, Jesus together. Um, It's not just my husband and I, but it's my whole family. And um, when my husband and I uh, first started dating and talking about marriage, um, it was our goal that whatever kids God gives us, uh, we wanted them to serve alongside of us. And so it was really important as a family, when you are called to serve wherever that is, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, we make it a, a family affair. And I have to say, my kids are amazing. Uh, Malachi's here with us. He helps lead worship. He plays drums. He cleans up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he just helps wherever he's needed. Jada is over there. And, you know, I have to say, I'm really, really blessed because they have such amazing friends. Right, Dawson? Um, (laughs) And Michelle. Um, They just, like, want to come and help. 
And so I love that. I will never turn any help away. So uh, they come and help and, and serve where needed, setting up for kids' uh, church on Sunday or youth on Fridays. Um, it is awesome. And so my husband and I, we are parents to 31 kids. Yeah, what? Uh, I will say um, of those 31 kids, we are actually, uh, we have five biological children. Uh, five, four. Four. I can't remember how many. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I do think there is a picture of my four um, kids up there. Two of them, like I said, are here with us. And uh, our oldest daughter is in the middle. That's Malia. She is 22. And uh, Raquel, who was supposed to be here, but uh, she didn't make it. So she's there. And then Jada and Malachi. And then along the way, we suddenly became foster parents. And so we take in kids. We borrow them. We call that. So we've been uh, foster parents um, to 27 kids. Of that 27, we have adopted three. And I believe there they are. <laughs> so we have Dominic, Orlin, and Landry's on the uh, your right side. And so, yeah, they have been with us uh, for a very long time. <laughs> um, and we actually, it was kind of cool because we got to foster Orlin, the little guy on the your left side, as a baby. And so uh, God brought him back into our lives. And here we are. We are blessed to be parents. Um, and from that, uh, yeah, like I said, we, there was a total of 27 foster kids. Currently at home, we have four borrowed children. And uh, so we have Jeremiah, who's seven. We also uh, have two two-year-olds. So it's a very busy household. And their names are Caden with a K and Caden with a C. And they live up to their names. I looked up what does the name Cain mean? Because we've had a few Cains in our home, and it means fighter, and they fight a lot. And, uh, and quite recently, uh, almost two months ago, we received a newborn baby, and uh, we have baby Dylan. And so my husband is at home managing the household. Woo! Yes. And so here we are, and thank you so much for us to be here. Before I dive in, I just want to know, um, is there anyone here in their first year of taking, I forgot what the name of the course is, uh, Family and Children Ministry? Jora! Woo! All right, Jora, you get a prize! Fish! It is a bucket full of fish, and uh, they are good. Um, so <laughs> they're very yummy. One thing I learned in ministry is like, you can be anywhere. You can be talking to a group of elderly folk, which I really was trying to get in five years ago at North Doug. Candy, candy is like this international language. Every, everyone understands candy and they light up when you give them candy. And so kids, youth, young adults, I'm sure you guys, um, I do have another bag of candy Woo! Um, what was the next question I was going to ask? Totally forget. Who has a birthday today? Oh, yesterday. Okay, where is he? She's she's not here. Who had one on Friday? Malachi, run it down. That's okay. I got I got two bags. Two bags. Give it to me. Woo! Woo! It's all good. Lots of candy. <laughs> no fighting. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Malachi. All right. I have lots more too, so we will share. Um, 
And so um, I just want to read uh, a quick passage of scripture to you. I am just going to, I just want to share my story of how God called me and uh, called me and then put me in ministry. And it is, uh, just want God to be glorified today. Amen. All right. I don't wear glasses, but I'm going to borrow my husband's reading glasses because I'm in total denial that I have to wear reading glasses. All right. <laughs> uh, this comes from Luke. Oh, there's us. There's all of us. Uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gensineret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left by the fishermen who were washing their net who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put him out a little farther from shore. Then he sat down, taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so were James, John, the sons of Zebedee, and Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Wow. That's why I gave out fish and many people. Um, so <laughs> um, here we have a story. And I know you guys have heard this story. And it's an awesome story. It's the calling of Jesus' first students. And what I really love about this story and it's also a little kind of like mind-boggling, is that Jesus was calling these fishermen. So I asked, is anyone, oh, I know what I was going to ask. Anyone in this place here uh, fish? Oh, there's quite a few. Is it a way of life for your family? Really? Okay, that's cool. We'll have to talk. Um, so, so, um, oh, 14 years ago, we moved from Victoria, our family and I, and we moved to a place called Souk. And Souk is about 40, 45 minutes away from Victoria. And I will tell you, when I first moved there, I was like, oh, I really felt like I was in another country. Um, I say this with grace. Um, it just felt so, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's just different. And I just couldn't figure it out. Everyone was lovely. Like, very wonderful, but I just, I, I just didn't get it. I remember one of my kids said, hey, mom, she was seven at the time, and we had passed some teenagers, like, what's wrong with those teenagers? Um, you just dress differently, and that's okay. We were used to that. And so I was in the grocery store, and I remember standing there and just taking it all in and trying to figure out, like, like my people, and I'm like, what? Was happening and nothing was happening it was just me but um, I noticed this group of men maybe three or four men and they were rough nothing wrong with that but just rough I wasn't used to that their, their skin was very weathered and their crazy hair and clothing and so I was like trying to listen to like trying to figure out these people and they were talking fish 
right? Fish stories. And they're really like, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, okay, good. And it was fine. It was all good. I'm not putting them down. Please don't take it that way. Okay. It's just foreign to me. And, and, and their lang- the language that came out was very colorful, lots of colorful language. And I was like, huh? And then through the conversation, I'm like, oh, those must be fishermen. Oh. And then there were, yeah. And so I discovered that Souk is a high fishing destination. People come from all around the world to go fishing there. Who knew? And, uh, and for some families, it, it is a way of life. And so um, I look at the story here of Jesus and calling these fishermen to be a part of his, his school. And I just think it's so amazing because he chose these fishermen who I picture uh, very rough and gruff. And you will notice like the sons of Zebedee, like if you're called by your parents' name, to me, when I grew up, that's like when you're called by your last name, not your first, that's, you must be some sort of troubled kid. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> I just find it amazing that God stood on the shore and, and Jesus is like, come follow me. And, and these men were like, okay. And they dropped everything and they became uh, part of the students that Jesus was discipling for the next three years. And so I find that these disciples were so, so relatable and just so ordinary. And, and then I'm like, wow, I'm okay. And <laughs> Jesus loves me. And so um, a little bit about my life. I grew up in a town called Nelson. And I believe we have someone here from Casagar. Um, so, yeah, so I grew up there. Um, I was born there. Oh, there you are. There you are. You, you get a bag of treats, too. I'm going to give you, you got fish. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so uh, I grew up in Nelson. However, uh, I lived on the outskirts of Nelson, so out in the countryside in a place called Blewett. Um, right? Went to Blewett Elementary School, got made fun of a lot, but that's okay. And uh, my parents were amazing. They still are amazing. Uh, When they entered their early years of parenting, um, I will say this. I don't think there is still a class for parents to take on. So when they started having kids, they basically parented like their parents parented. And I will tell you this, when you're a foster parent, you have to go to foster parenting courses. You, you have to learn how to be a foster parent, which is good. But what about the rest of the parents out there who might need some training? Anyways, that's a whole nother topic. And so we grew up um, from, from my early years. It was a little bit of a different household uh, my parents ha- liked to party a lot, and, um, you know, alcohol was a thing in our house, uh, smoking, uh, there was some marijuana plants in the window, and back then that was so illegal, it should still be illegal, but, um, you know, it was very strange, and, and so, um, and that's kind of how we, we lived, and it was kind of normal to us, um, but sometimes there was a whole lot of fighting. And the fighting would kind of get a little intense. And I remember as a kid, um, I just didn't want to be around it. And so um, uh, we lived, again, like I said, out in the countryside. We lived on this mountain. And so we had like acres of forest and mountains. And in the olden days, you can just leave and go off for hours. And it was okay. So, I mean, I remember being five. I just like, see ya, and go off in the woods. Like, that's what we did. Um, now you don't do that. Um, so 
so I remember going off and, you know, sometimes, like I said, I needed a place to go and retreat and get away from all the craze. And um, I remember this one special spot out in the woods and it was kind of this flat rock. And I remember I'd just sit out there. I'd sit down and I'd be like, oh, just cry. <laughs> Have my little pity party. What was me? You know, like whatever. But one day I remember just looking around. It just suddenly dawned on me how beautiful everything was. I remember seeing the trees and then looking down into the, the little valley and, you know, seeing some water. And I just went, wait a second, who created this stuff? And I was like, what? And I started having this, like, I had these questions going, wait a who is it? There's got to be something bigger out here to create this thing for me to live in that's so perfect and beautiful. And I just, I couldn't get it out of my head. And, uh, and I kept questioning. And then one time I went out to my rock and I was out there and I, I, I was so upset about the fighting that was going on in my home. And I went up to the rock and I just stood up and I'm like, who are you? Who are you? What are you? And I just screamed because you can scream back then. No one hears you because you're so far away. And so I was like, just show me who you are. There's got to be something bigger than this. And I remember just laying on the rock going, waiting to hear something. And I didn't hear anything, but I, I could feel the wind. And I'm like, hmm, there's something out there. I know it. I'm going to figure it out. And, um, and so I carried on. And um, my sister and I have an older sister. Actually, I have five siblings. But my sister and I, for whatever reason, we were chosen. Uh, we would go to my grandparents' house in Prince George for part of the summer. And this one summer we went and we went to visit my grandparents, so we had a great time. Um, but I remember this one time my grandmother opened up this book, and, and it was like bedtime stories. And so I remember she'd read these bedtime stories to us, and uh, she started reading about, you know, this baby, and he was born, and, you know, the mom and dad had no place to, to have this baby, so he was born in a barn, and it was this beautiful story. We're like, wow, and I couldn't wait to hear this story every night. And then I remember it was our last night and my grandmother told this story about how, you know, this man who, who um, helped the sick, made blind people see, how he fed people, like did all these amazing things and just loved on people. And then suddenly this man was being arrested and then he was beaten, made fun of, put up on a cross, died, and then was in the grave and they put a big rock in front of it. And then she closed the book, said, good night. And we're like, oh, what? And so we're like, okay, hey, what? And so my sister and I were like, oh, like we were actually, like we were crying. Because it was so, so real. We're like, is this a true story? <laughs> like I was ripped apart. Like what a horrible story. Why'd she read that story to us? And then the next day we went home and I'm like, oh, I couldn't shake the story. I thought this was, what? Why would she? Oh, I, I had these questions. And, um, Anyways, we carried on life, and I remember <laughs> this, this one day, my father was off, I don't know where he was, uh, doing work for the forestry, so he was out of town, and now my mother, um, I, I found out later her story, but she got a whole, someone ended up giving her this book about a doctor um, who had this experience when he was operating on patients. Um, this one patient had died. And he was dead for, I can't remember how many minutes, but he, he came back. He got him, he revived him. And so this doctor shared his story about how this man came back to life. And he's like, why did you bring me back? 
I was in heaven and he was describing this beautiful place and, and just his account of where he went when he died. And then the story went on in the book where he died again. And uh, this time the doctor was like, what just happened? So he was trying to revive him, brought him back, but the man came back screaming. And then it was his account of where he went and, and it was hell. And so he was like, don't lose me, don't lose me. And so um, I don't, I should, I'm going to read the book. <laughs> but uh, my mom read this story and something happened inside of her. Um, my mom, before she had a God experience, was no one talk about God, religion, or any of that, or I'll kick you out of my house. Like, that was her. J-Dubs would come over. She'd like, get out of here, slam. And like, she just wasn't having any of it. But that night, all by herself, reading the story, the, the, uh, a, a book about this doctor's account, um, suddenly she started having questions. And I guess he, in the back of the book, shared about how you can meet Jesus and all these verses. So she actually remembered she had a Bible that her grandmother gave to her when she was a child. And she dug it out and she pulled it out. And, uh, and she, all on her own, all night long, had this encounter with Jesus. She fell on her knees. She asked Jesus to come in. And I will tell you this, my mother tried to quit smoking. She tried to quit drinking. It just couldn't happen on her own. But that night for her, she was instantly delivered. She said she had no more uh, urges to, to drink or smoke or, and anyways, but I'll remember the next day, I don't know where my other siblings were. I just have a memory of my sister, (laughs) but uh, we were sitting at the table and we're eating and we're trying to get ready to go to school. And I remember like we had this long, dark hallway and she came out of her room and I remember just looking up at her and I went, and I looked again and I'm like, something's wrong. Something's wrong with mom. Right. And so she came out and she was smiling. She was glowing. And she told us to look outside. And we're like, like she actually scared me because she was so happy. And, and we're like, what? what are we looking at? She's like, look at the grass. Look at the grass. It's green. It's so green. Look at the sky. It's blue. Isn't it blue? And, and then she starts going off. God created the, the heavens and the earth and all this stuff. And I, I, I didn't quite understand what was going on. And we're like, cool, mom, cool. And I remember we just quickly grabbed our bags and we ran to the bus. And we're like, I don't think it's alcohol. What do you think she's doing? I don't know. Like, we're just kind of freaking out. Why is she like this? Well, we soon discovered why she was like this. Um, God radically transformed her life. And she started taking us to church. And uh, I was still trying to figure out what was all going on. Uh, My dad, in the meantime, was not happy with his life transformation. Uh, But, you know, God is good and he is faithful. Um, However, it was still kind of hard growing up. Lots of fighting. And, uh, but it's all good. I remember that summer, my mom signed me up for kids camp. Yeah, I love kids camp. Been doing kids camp for a hundred years. So I just love it so much. But um, my mother uh, signed, signed us up for kids camp. And I remember I was like, wow, there's a lot of kids. They're so excited. This is great. And I was in grade four, grade three or four. Anyways, doesn't matter. And I went and we had dinner. And then I remember everyone's like, we're getting ready for chapel. And I'm like, what's that? And they're like, see that building over there? See with the cross and the tin roof? That's chapel. I'm like, wow, okay. And so off we went to chapel. And I remember there was this old lady. Her name was Aunt Pearl. And she was telling stories with her puppet. She was a bird. (laughs) That's all I remember. (laughs) But Aunt Pearl began to tell the story that I had heard from my grandmother so long ago. 
not very long ago, but a few years back. And she began to tell the same story that I heard about this baby, Jesus, grew up in a man. And, and then it came to the part where Jesus was, was nailed to the cross and he was put in the grave. And I remember sitting there going, I'm just, I was like on the edge of my seat going, this is the story. I heard this story. This is the story. I think this is the true story. And I was like, what happened next? And then she began to share the story of how Jesus rose again and that he did this for us and he loved us and he gives us life. And, and all of a sudden, all I remember is she's saying, does anyone want to meet him? And I honestly don't remember, but everyone said I literally booked it down the aisle and stood in front of her and went, I do, I do. And um, I just remember her praying with me and I was so excited. I got to meet this Jesus. Amen. And so I will tell you this, my life changed as a kid. Um, I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. Uh, My grade five teacher sat me down one day and said, "Uh, please, no more writing about Jesus. We're doing a poetry assignment. Don't write about Jesus. And then that just really kind of made me mad. And I was like, fine. So I wrote about a frog who was a preacher. (laughs) Um, And so uh, God was good. And it was, you know, I'm not going to say once you know Jesus, and you guys know this, it's not always an easy road. And there was still fighting and still a little, uh, but I will say this, through it all, we prayed and prayed. Uh, When I was 23 years old, I got the phone call from my father, and it was like, hello, dad, you okay? And and like, I don't really hear him cry much. And he's like, I'm like, dad, what are you doing? And then my dad is like, (laughs) he was having a serious moment. (laughs) He's like, I asked Jesus in my heart. And so um, that was the, amen, yeah, get excited for that. (laughs) And so he shared his story with me and how he met Jesus. And um, um, I want to share one more thing before I read uh, John 21. Um, I don't know how it happened, but apparently I had registered. I knew I always wanted to, to come to Bible college. And, you know, going through the years, everyone's like, yeah, you're sure so going to Bible college. All you talk about is Jesus. And I'm like, good, good. Yeah. And so um, I just, I don't even know how it happened, but I had registered to come here. In fact, had a different name. It was Western Pentecostal Bible College. Um, But I had signed up to come and uh, something happened. I decided, um, I told God, I was like, God, I'm not going to come because uh, I have other things to do. I still love you, but I am going to move out in the big, to the big town of Nelson. I'm going to get an apartment, and I'm going to work, and I'm going to make money. And, <laughs> and so I was just really excited, and, and, uh, and I did it. I moved out, and I got my job. And I remember uh, one night I was waitressing. It was really late. got home, and I was sleeping, and I remember having this dream. And in in the dream, I was having a conversation with God. And God said, Michelle, it's not too late. You can still pack up. You can head off to Bible college. I'm like, nope, 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 God, not right now. I I got my life. I got it sorted. Not now. And he kept pressing me. And then I heard the phone ringing. And it was ringing, ringing. And I, I realized, oh, it's not in my dream. And I woke up. And I ran and grabbed the phone. I was like, hello. And then on the other end, it was, this is so-and-so from Western Pentecostal Bible College. Michelle, I'm looking at your application form, and we're wondering where you are. And I was like, what? Why applied? <laughs> um, and so that was amazing. Um, 
sometimes we choose to do uh, our own way. And I remember having that conversation uh, with the admin guy on the phone saying, thank you so much for your phone call, but I am not going, goodbye. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes we do these things. We're human, sometimes stupid. And, uh, but I chose to stay. And I chose to work and make money. <laughs> and, but God had other plans because he kept pressing me and pressing me. And finally, I was like, okay, God, I surrender. So I came in January of that year. And so uh, I ended up here for a few years. And um, uh, I've been on this journey. God is leading me, taking me um, wherever he leads. And one thing I want to encourage you guys with is listen to him. Follow his footsteps. Um, He knows what he's doing. Sometimes we might not think he knows what's best for us, but he knows. And I want to just quickly share John 21 verses 1 through 14. We're going to wrap it up here really quick. Um, And so, oh wait. Yeah. John 21, uh, 1 through 14. And this is basically another fishing miracle story. And there, um, Jesus had already appeared to his disciples. So he had risen from the dead and he's already seen his disciples like three times. And so uh, he was out by the sea Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, um, uh, where am I? Nathaniel from uh, Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we will go with you. So they all went out into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said, Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard them say, it is the Lord, he took off his outer garment and uh, wrapped it around him after he had jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing in the net full of fish. uh, Full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, um, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And so I look at this story. We have these students that had followed Jesus for just over three years, and yet they still were like, I don't recognize that guy who's telling us to throw our net overboard. Like they still didn't, like deja vu, didn't you just, this already happen? <laughs> and so you see these regular, ordinary, relatable guys um, doing their, their thing. And, and, uh, I mean, they had just saw Jesus. They, they heard the story of where, you know, Jesus had spoke like, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again. But I think what had happened is that they had kind of left what was going on. Maybe there was some turmoil going on in their heads and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know why we had all this training. What do I do? And so they were like, well, let's, I'm going fishing because I know that. It's comfortable to me. I'm, I'm going to do my thing. And so they jumped in the boat and the other guys were like, yeah, me too. I'm going with you. 
And so they had left and they're out fishing because they just didn't know what to do anymore. And they're sort of lost. And I look at that and I go, sometimes in life, we can be distracted. We can get so busy or caught up or so hurt, so angry. Uh, you know, you might be working kids mid one day and someone's like, why do you give all the kids icing sugar with the color red in it, red dye? Don't you know it makes them hard to act crazy? Like sometimes that could really distract you. <laughs> and so here we have right in the word of God, real men who were distracted. But what did Jesus do? He's like, I'm right here. In fact, I have breakfast waiting for you. And so I want to encourage you guys, just remember God is always there. He's like, I'm waiting for you. Even when you're like, I'm going to do my own thing. going to go make some money. <laughs> um, but, but Jesus is like, I'm right here. And I already got breakfast made for you. I'm going to end with this one verse. Come on up, Dawson. He's going to help me. Two claps for Dawson. Yeah. <clears throat> John 15, verse 5. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Amen. Amen. And I want you to remember that without me, we can do nothing. Amen. Um, Can I end in a word of prayer? Okay. All right, we're going to close in prayer. (laughs) Ah, dear God, I thank you. You are a good God. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the stories in the Bible. I thank you for these fishermen, God. I thank you that they are relatable. And we can sometimes look at them and see ourselves in them. And God, I thank you for your love that you are always there standing with your arms open wide, breakfast on the coals, God, waiting for us to follow you. I thank you for your, your forgiveness. God, when we choose to do our own way, that might not be according to your will. God, I thank you that you love us so much and you're always there. I pray for anyone here today who may be feeling discouraged. Maybe they feel like they're not good enough. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you just let them know they are enough because in you, we have life. God bless everyone here. I thank you for this opportunity. And we just want to say we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Yeah. So we have had a bit of a tradition as every every week we pray for our pastors and residents and their families when they've been here. Families, would you want to come and be, can we pray for you too? Can we pray for you guys? And Michelle, come. Yeah. We want to pray for all of you guys because we're just so grateful for you and your life. And so thanks putting you on the spot a little bit, but thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Well, and fam here, why don't we stand up, extend your hand to them and we'll pray. And then we'll always, we'll pray a scripture over you as well. Yeah. Well, Lord, I want to thank you so much for the Allen family and for the many people that are the Allen family. Lord, I thank you for your incredible faithfulness in in just bringing families to know you. I thank you for your faithfulness in in bringing Michelle to have a wonderful and beautiful relationship with you. 
Lord, I thank you for Jason and, and how you've brought him to know you. Lord, I thank you that together as a couple, they serve you with such faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for their families and that their families have been so faithful to you and, and looking to you. Jesus, I thank you for all that you have done in their lives and that as a family, they reflect you. They reflect your goodness. They reflect your love, your kindness, and your grace. Yes, their church, to to family members, to the community. And we just want to thank you so much for them. And we pray a blessing over them, that you would bless them, meet every single one of their needs um, in such perfect and unique ways. And so now we'd love to pray over you, Colossians. And so for this reason... Since the day we've heard of you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his all wisdom and understanding so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you, shared the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and led us into the kingdom of the Son who loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Amen. 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 Have a great lunch, everyone.